What better way to start 2022 with the Warriors W? What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my Splash Bro, and my co-host, Zach. My guy, I hope you had a great uh, New Year's. So, I mean, how how's that New Year's celebration? And, like, are you excited with how the Warriors played against the Jazz? I mean, the New Year's celebration was good. We watched, uh, I watched a cinematic masterpiece in the dark night. Excellent what movie? Film. Excellent film. Ooh. Ooh. It's top 10 up there. Um, but the Jazz and the Warriors, I mean, my thoughts on that is that it was a ref show to, to begin with. Um, refs made some terrible calls throughout the third quarter. Um, and I feel like when you have a free throw differential between the two teams where the Jazz at one point had 28 free throws in the to the Warriors 12 and Donovan Mitchell is getting more foul calls than the greatest shooter in the world. It's a problem. It's a problem. It is. It is. Um, but I mean, he's, I do, scar marks already. Yeah, exactly. And Steph's like bleeding his arms bleeding and he still doesn't get any calls. It's, it, it's mind blowing to me, but it's hilarious and sad at the same time. The Warriors showed their fight once again in another game and pulled out another W. Um, it really, it, this team is really giving me 2015 Warriors type of vibes where you see the internet's pissed off about how the Warriors are playing well again, how Steph's owning different fans as teams um, and how much disrespect they're getting and looking at them back on top and back on back on top and back into being the best team in the NBA. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to be happy about with this Warriors team. So we'll recap the two games that have taken place. One, L to Nuggets, but bounced back, got that W against the Jazz. Should have been three, but, you know, two because – Nuggets Warriors games in Denver was postponed. So I'll just get right into it. Let's get it popping. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the first Nuggets game, I mean, I thought the Warriors were kind of out of it because uh, they went down early. They were down 20. Like the defensive energy wasn't there. Um, the offensive wasn't clicking, but they started to make a run probably in the late third quarter, but they just kind of fell up short. I mean, the biggest takeaway I have is free throws. Like, you can't miss 15 free throws and expect to win a close game because the Warriors lost by three, and if you had just hit, like, eight of those free throws, they would have won the game. I think Jonathan Kaminga was, like, three for ten. JTA was, like, one of six. I mean, it just all comes to fundamentals and all that, but um, you got to respect the Warriors' fight and hustle to claw their way back into it. It was kind of like the Spurs game all over again where – um, they were down big and they just kind of claw, clawed the way back, but it wasn't enough. So, did you like the fight the Warriors had in the like the third, the late third quarter ish? But it was kind of ended up ended up short. I mean, I I I, I like the fight a lot. I don't think that they should have ever been in that position because they shot themselves in the foot multiple times. Obviously, 
they didn't get off to a great start because as you saw in the beginning of the game, if any listening have watched the game Tuesday night, that the Warriors just looked lost out there. And I think it was probably because of the fact that they did not have Draymond, who's essentially their point forward who runs the offense. Um, but I think throughout many of the games that we have watched this year, there's always been a couple parts in each game where the Warriors have just shown tremendous fight to get back into the game. And for example, that could be the Suns game where at points in the fourth quarter, they were down and then late in the fourth quarter, we had the Otto Porter Jr. takeover to win the game. And then just like the Jazz game tonight, which we'll get into um, is another example of the Warriors fight to get back into the game. But I think the Warriors were at one point, they were down 60 to 36 at halftime. I'm per- yeah. It was something mis- like that. It was something ridiculous. Yeah. Like it was that. something bad like that. And then they were able to hold the nuggets to 29 points in the second half. That, that is insanely impressive. And I mean, it's not, it, the Warriors are the number one defensive-rated team in the NBA, so, I mean, props to Steve Kerr. Um, but it just shows that I think the moral of the story from that game is that no matter, no matter how much the Warriors are down, it seems like they won't ever give up and they can get right back into a basketball game no matter what. I was really impressed with how – Looney guarded uh, Jokic because I thought Jokic was just going to dominate. He was going to control the control the pace. Granted, he did control the pace in the first half, but as you said, that defense in the second half when we only had twenty nine points, they literally changed the pace to their favor. But as we said, it was just short. So um, uh, you can't really start lackluster like that. Um, you're like you said, they shot themselves in the foot. Um, obviously, Draymond has a huge influence on this team so i mean i think there uh, was there were points where i think jta was at the line like six to eight times and he only made like two of them it was just it was like one he was like one of six one of six it was just it was just poor free throw shooting and that's the basic fundamentals of the game yeah Um, and i mean you have a guy who's possibly the greatest free throw shooter of all time as well and Steph Curry, who doesn't get foul calls, so he won't be at the <laughs> line very much. But um, I just think it, it was a little ridiculous and worrisome that the Warriors were shooting that poorly from the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, the averages should be a lot higher. Um, but, like, the most – the two, like, reliable free throw shooters – outside of like Stefan Poole is just pretty much like non-existent, I think, because Wiggins is all right. Um, Iggy is all right. Porter's all right. I mean, yeah, it was, it was one for six. Yeah. You were right. One for six, one yeah, for so like, six, three for ten, three for 10 for John. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think John, Jonathan Kaminga is going to be such a good player in this league, but three for 10 from the free throw line when his minutes are starting to matter more and more. It's just quite disappointing. Um, Steph obviously carried the load six for seven. I mean, you know, can't be it's just that. you got to make you got to hit free throws. Got to hit free throws. Um, free throws are going to be important in, in when you time. When, when you shoot sixteen for thirty one from 
free throw line, in my opinion, you don't deserve to win that game because those are free points, really. That's a that's a that's a definite L. But like moving on to the postponed Nuggets game, I feel like um, a lot needs to be said about like the whole advantage disadvantage thing. We saw Draymond tweet like his thoughts on that. But like, what did you think of the Nuggets basically holding the power to either play the game or not? I feel like it was kind of iffy for them to really decide the fate of that game. I mean, you can say it was unfair or fair if you can, guys can have a debate on Twitter about that if you'd like. But, I mean, I think the Warriors are at an advantage because they have a G League team in Santa Cruz, which is, I don't know the exact. Uh, Santa vicinity, Cruz? Yeah, vicinity from each other. Santa 60, Cruz. 60 miles, Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz to San Francisco. That's 60 miles, something like probably, that. Probably, probably. The Warriors are in luck that they have a G League team 60 miles from them well the nuggets last time i checked it was it was 1100 from what i read on twitter and with all the players testing positive for covid with the widespread uh variant out of uh omicron variant players are testing left and right and players get called out from g league rosters and when a team doesn't have their G League team closer to them, they are at a disadvantage with that. But I don't. I do think it's unfair that the Warrior that the Nuggets held all the power to postpone the game when they could have just they could have just they had they had four players questionable, and I, I seriously think they should they they could have they should have just played the game honestly or I think the NBA should have a rule now with that is that if you don't have enough players to play you should just forfeit that's my opinion because this is going to come back and affect the Warriors because the Warriors are going to have to travel to Denver sometime in sometime during March the rest, or April yeah sometime during the rest of the year and like in Draymond's tweet it's going to it may have to be on a back to back where the Warriors will miss out on rest etc to play this game that wasn't their fault in the first place. Yeah. I mean, the NBA is pretty like put in a tough position because you do want uh, the teams to play all 82, especially for revenue purposes, because we know the NBA is a money-making machine. So, I mean, it is a tough spot. So, um, but it, it is what it is. We can't really control it. So let's move on to the jazz game. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the nuggets are taking are not handling the pandemic or the virus seriously. The virus doesn't discriminate against anyone. I just have a problem with the fact that they were the ones who told the NBA to just call it off. The NBA should make that decision. That's true. I agree with that. I agree. And I seriously that. think that if I think it's harsh to have that team forfeit the game if they don't have enough players, but I seriously think that we should really consider that because I feel like postponing the game to put the opposing team at an unfair advantage is just unfair to begin with. Those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, there, I feel like both sides have compelling arguments, so you can really make a case for it. But um, Draymond had some good points. Uh, opposing side has some great points. So, as, as I said, it's just going to be a tough position to be in. So, the Jazz game. Um I think the warrior. I think the Warriors were, I guess, four point uh, underdogs, right? Something like that. So, um, 
they came into the first half and they were like on fire. Defense was amazing. They they only had like 50 points at the end of the first half. Um, what they did, I really liked because they swarmed the pick and roll. So what they did was um, if it was either Donovan Mitchell or if it was Jordan Clarkson, whenever Gobert screened, they double the um, they doubled Mitchell or Clarkson to make him overwhelmed so that um, Gobert isn't going to dominate the paint because of how undersized the Warriors are. Granted, the uh, Looney did a great job, right? I feel like um, credit has to be given where Looney did a great job. Um, and he, obviously he fouled out, but like his presence in the game was substantial. Um, so, I mean, that was just one situation I loved about the defense and on offense. Um, the thing that's so special about this team is how they're so deep and that it makes things unpredictable for how defenses are going to play them. Uh, we saw the jazz run a zone, uh, against the Warriors and what did they do? How did they adjust? You had Otto Porter run up the middle and cut in the middle. It was kind of like the Draymond role where either he could, um, pass it out or he can shoot it. And I mean, you have Gary Payne in the second. That's basically the, the Clay Thompson shot in the corner. So it's a splash from that corner. So, I mean, I loved how they played in the first half. Obviously, the third quarter wasn't great. But, like, how excited are you to see what the Warriors did against the Jazz um, in the first half or, like, throughout this whole game? Uh, I'm, I'd say I'm ecstatic, actually, just given the fact that there was no Clay and no Draymond. Neither of them were there. And I think if you add Clay and Draymond with no BS ref calls blowing the whistle left and right, Warriors probably win by 20. That's my those are my thoughts. They just had to make it interesting, you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean the the fact that the Warriors were up by 14 at halftime without Draymond against another top five team in the NBA. They're fully loaded too, it, by the it's way. It's impressive. It's impressive. And don't listen to – I've seen things on Twitter saying that the Jazz didn't have a son white side. The Jazz, the Jazz were basically fully healthy. They had all five of their starters out there. And Mike Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. I don't think Joe Ingles – I think Joe Ingles comes off the bench. But Bogdan uh, – Bogdanovich um, and Rudy Gobert, who some people think – I, I don't think he's deserving of those three defensive player of the years. <laughs> I mean, some people do, um, but uh, defensive <laughs> defensive player of the year uh, caliber player and Rudy Gobert. So the jazz were basically fully healthy and the Warriors come in and they're up by 14 at halftime. Um, and I seriously think that Steve Ru- really needs I don't think Chris Gioza got any minutes tonight, but I do think GP2, GP2 needs all of Chris Gioza's minutes if Chris Gioza wants if, – if Steve wants to play Chris Gioza. He needs all of his minutes because just the defense he provides is exceptional, which also helps the Warriors be the number one defense-rated team in the NBA. And then I think there's a – Part of me who wants belly in the rotation, but just there's just been some moments where it's he's just, and I think that also can go with JTA. Where I think JTA's some of his minutes are just so sloppy that he's just playing himself out of the rotation at this point. 
I just the Warriors are just so deep. I just see some guys not getting any minutes because there's so many guys that are deserving of it. And I think that's Honestly, what we learned tonight. That's true. That's true. Honestly, it just comes down to matchup. I mean, JTA, I mean, he had a great steal. Like he had a great couple steals, but like followed up with like dumb fouls or like turnovers. I mean, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There was that call where Russ O'Neal was going out for a shot and, that, and JTA was called for the foul. Yeah. That was just, that was a soft ass call. That that should have never been a call. And excuse my French, but that was a very soft call. Um, I think, but there's just some plays where he just commits some stupid fouls, which I think are a little bit of boneheaded mistakes. And I, I'd rather not see boneheaded mistakes because it's all out of that with Kelly Oubre last year. So, I love JTA, but like it's I I, I love his hustle, but I like it's either his games like fall in either two categories. One, it's either it's really good, substantial, making impact on both ends of the floor, or it's like he makes dumb dumb plays, dumb turnovers, and all that. So like. I don't know. I feel like yeah, and I think and I think down the stretch last year where they finished where they won in that fifteen to five run to finish the year where JTA was um a pivotal and impactful player on the roster where he got all those minutes. The, that's the type of JTA I'd like to see who gets those type of minutes. But the current JTA who is playing the past two games, nah, I don't think he really should be that deserving of getting a lot of minutes. He has his moments. He has his moments. But. Yes. But I do think that you got a second unit where Clay comes back of Jordan Poole, GP2, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Godala, and then James Weisner, Kevon Looney. Man, get out of the park, bro. That is so good. That's, That's like good. a starting lineup. That's a starting lineup. Oh, my god! I do want to ask, though. so good. I do want to ask though. Um, uh, Jordan Poole came off the bench. Uh, Steve Kerr wanted JP to come off the bench. Like, um, do you think that's a good move just to like help transition his move to the bench easier when for Clay comes back? When Clay comes back, I, I think I think it's the start of a transition to do that, so he gets used to what it's like when Clay comes back because. <sighs> I think Clay probably comes back January 9. I feel like I put my money on January 9. I think probably I say middle middle of January. That's my guess. Um, but I think just transitioning him into that. And I also think coming out, out of COVID protocols, I think one to get his uh, endurance up. That's my guess. But I do think that's second unit of there's it's good. It is. The Warriors are such a deep team, and strength in numbers is the true identity right now. That's just uh, boom. It's like 2015 all over again. I mean, they had 39 assists. I mean, that's like peak motion offense. That's peak Warriors. I mean, the ball was moving around. Um, I mean, with the whole double team on Steph, like, when Gobert came up on Steph, what did, what did Steph do? Dumping off to Looney, and Looney made jumpers, which I was surprised with. I was like, mind blown, because I never saw that. <laughs> he had two jumpers. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, hey, I mean, it's his night. So um, yeah, One thing about Kevon Looney, it seems like he plays 
He's only six nine, but he's he plays like he's big, like a guard, like yeah. a guard. He he can play like a guard, and he can. He was out there outboxing Rudy Gobert, who's got three four inches on him. Um, and I've given him I've given my criticism on Kevon Looney with how he's slow, can't move, but sometimes those hips can move, baby. Those hips are moving. Um, but I think. I think Kevon Looney probably should when James Wiseman gets back, I think Kevon Looney should still start no matter what. Um, yeah, I agree those, with that. Those are my thoughts. And then But now that I think about it, I mean Damian Lee's been in health and safety protocols. The team still looks damn good. And Damian Lee, before he entered health and safety protocols, was providing some key impactful minutes. So I mean there's just the team's just so deep. It's just like too many guys, but like not enough minutes to go around. I feel like exactly. there, be... there, there are too many guys that are deserving of minutes, but there's just not enough minutes to feed or to like get Jonathan out. Kaminga. Exactly. Like Jake Kaminga. Like, although his game today wasn't like that great, I mean, but like, I, I know I have a feeling that he's going to be big down the stretch. But like, who do you kick off that rotation when Jonathan Kaminga rises up? I know, I know main is like jta but like i feel like i don't know it's hard it's a tough call it's a tough call there's just so many guys who are i know and i think to finish off the episode is that you got to start the andrew wiggins all-star campaign right now send him to cleveland that man that man i'm gonna be completely honest here when the warriors first traded for andrew wiggins in 2019 verdillo and that and the pick that turned out to be jonathan kaminga i did not like i was very skeptical of the move because i thought d'angelo russell would work out but obviously he wouldn't but i don't obviously he didn't because of playing next to staff etc all that but he proved and, you wrong. Andrew you Wiggins. Wrong? Andrew Wiggins proved me wrong. I mean, the the way he has started this year, it, I've said on previous episodes, all I wanted from Andrew Wiggins was just to average acquire fifteen to twenty a game. He's been doing that consistently. It's, it's like easy, nineteen. It's easy 19 for a him. game. Yeah, I think him and Otto Porter Jr. combined for thirty. Over 30 points in the first half. It was half. like, yeah, yeah, 33, 33. Yeah, over for 30 points in the first half. <sighs> Send that man to Cleveland. Andrew Wiggins, Damian, or Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. Damian Steph- Lee. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry deserve to go to Cleveland. Send him there. Send him there. Yeah, I mean, Wiggins is having a career year. Like, I mean, obviously not points, but like efficiency-wise, like from three, over 40%. That's spacing. Is gonna be even more when Clay comes back. Like exactly, uh, Wiggins doesn't have to worry about being the first there's or gonna, second option. There's gonna be even less attention on Andrew Wiggins when a Clay comes back, and that's gonna make him. That's gonna make him thrive even more. Oh my goodness! I mean, the the possibilities are endless. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're a fan of the Warriors, we better be excited because, like, it's just the potential of what lineups. Uh, Steve Kerr can throw out there is like it's through the roof and like I'm really excited to see what's next I mean seriously I mean I Andrew Wiggins last thing, I think the last thing I want to say 
is how impressed I am that Andre Godal is 37 years old and that he's making such a he's just making such a giant impact on the floor. He there, there is something with Andre Godala and key fourth quarter three pointers where they just go in every single damn time. I want Iguadala. Max Kellerman. I want Iguadala. There's just something about Andre Godala and and the fourth quarter and the Warriors because I didn't see this out of Miami Miami Heat Andre Godala at all. I mean, because Andre's been part of the system for a long time and then like he knows when to clutch up. You remember that uh the game winner against the Hawks where Iggy hit that that game winner three? Oh, if yeah, you remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Iguodala. Iguodala is no stranger to game winners. We yeah, he had one against OKC in like I think 2014, I think. Yeah. So like he's no stranger to game winners on the Warriors. So uh, yeah. On yeah. All right, but moral topic of the episode is that send Andrew Wiggins to the all-star game. That man deserves it. Start, start the Andrew Wiggins campaign. I, start the Andrew Wiggins all-star campaign. Do it. He deserves it. I think he deserves it. All right. And that'll conclude episode number 64 of the Catching Dubs podcast. Make sure you tune in to the Warriors on Monday night as they take on the Miami Heat. Good one. It's going to be a dandy. It's going to be a dandy. Um. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod. Make sure you leave a uh, rating and review on Apple Podcasts because I read those in my free time. Um, and catch you in the next episode. Happy New Year. 2022 is the year. Let's get it popping. Get off yes, to a sir, fast baby. start. Yes, sir.